Long and at the vast expense, the industrious stage has strove to please a dull, ungrateful age. With heroes and with gods we first began, and thundered to you in heroic strain. Some dying, lovesick queen each night you enjoyed, and with magnificence at last were cloyed. Our drums and trumpets frighted all the women, our fighting scared the bow and billadour men. We showed you all but you malicious groan, friends' vices to expose and hide your own. Cry, damn it! This is such or such a one, yet nettled plague. What does the scribbler mean with his damned characters and plot obscene? No woman without wizard in the nation can see it twice and keep her reputation. That's certain. Forgetting that he himself in every gross lampoon, her looter secret spreads about the town. Whilst their feigned niceness is but cautious fear, their own intrigues should be unraveled here. company today. I'm so sorry, but you've caught me at a most inopportune moment, for you see I'm just now leaving for Naples to visit my dear uncle and my cousins. But you are so kind to come see me off. Unless, of course, you'd like to join me on my trip. I'd love a companion to share the long voyage with, and I'm sure it won't be any trouble. Uh, yes! Please come! You are most welcome! My cousins, Bellamonte and Ilaria, will be overjoyed to host a visitor, for it is not often they have the chance to share a new company. And it shouldn't prove too difficult to get you past my uncle. He is completely preoccupied with his work, and I'm told he rarely leaves his study as of late. His mind has been overtaken, I'm afraid, by a ridiculous enthusiasm for the moon. He devotes every second of his waking hours to studying, hypothesizing, scribbling illegible notes about the supposed moon world and all that inhabit it. It's dreadful, really. But I cannot delay any longer. Come along, if that is your will. Though, I must warn you, my uncle is not the only strange character you will encounter. They are an odd bunch, always indulging in dramatics and speaking whimsically, as if they fancy themselves literary characters. But at least they aren't dull, nor have I ever spent a day there that was without excitement and intrigue. In fact, ah, there is a plot being set at this very moment that is to play out during our stay. Oh, and I suspect it will not be lacking in outrageous antics. If that doesn't dismay you, then please join me. Lucky for you, I have been informed of all the goings-on through the mountains of notes I've received from my cousins, and will tell you all you need to know before we arrive. Oh, come, come! We must be quick! Now, make yourself comfortable. As I mentioned, we are to Naples. Oh, have you been? Oh, it is beautiful. So vibrant and lively, but not always kind. But I digress. My uncle, the county-renowned Dr. Baliardo, lives there in a grand estate. You may have heard of him. The public only sees my uncle as a scholar, and they hold him in the highest regard, yet they don't know of his true madness in his absolute obsession with the moon above all else. His estate is perched on top of a hill with big windows that look down on all the town below. He's very rich, my uncle, and he has a large staff of servants to tend to his home and to look after his daughter, Ilaria, and our shared cousin, Bellamonte. Lovely girls, both full of life, but certainly restless and completely lovesick from what I can tell from their letters. You see, after studying the moon, the doctor's highest priority is to keep the girls under close watch without any possibility of straying from their home. But alas, 
Trotsky's not always successful, for there is only so much you can do to keep young people from lusting after one another. Why, I heard just last night, Alaria's lover came to her window, only to be run off by a troop of her father's staff. I heard he was beaten brutally even. I do hope he's okay. Oh, I wonder if Alaria has gotten word yet. Ah, I can just picture the sweet girl now, sitting with her governante, that dear lady Mopsophile, listening to the street singers, staring out the window, impatient and agitated. Oh, to be young and in love. A curse upon that faithless maid Who first her sex's liberty betrayed Born free as a man To love and range Till nobler nature did to custom change Custom that dull excuse for fools Who think all virtue to consistent rules from love of answers never sprung That smiling God a wanton Gay and young shows by his wings He cannot be Confined to a restless slavery does not divert me, nor nothing will till Scaramouche return and bring me news of Cynthia. Truly, I was so sleepy last night, I know nothing of the adventure for which you are kept so close a prisoner today and more strictly guarded than usual. Cynthia came with music last night under my window, which my father hearing sallied out with his myrmidons upon him, and the clashing of swords I heard, but what hurt was done or whether Cynthia were discovered to him, I know not. But the belay I sent him now by Scaramouche will occasion me soon intelligence. And see, madame, where your trusty Roger comes. Oh, you may advance and fear none but your friends. Scaramouche, the head servant of the household, is always sneaking around behind his master's back. He has a soft spot for the girls, I think. Away and keep the door. Constantly peeping around corners, tiptoeing here and there without a moment of relief. Why, the second he has a chance to breathe, put his feet up and relax, those girls come running right back. Scaramouche! Scaramouche! Oh, they run him absolutely ragged. <gasps> oh, Scaramouche! Scaramouche! Oh, dear Scaramouche! Oh, oh. Oh, hast thou been at the Viceroy's? Yes, yes. And hast thou delivered my letter to his nephew, Don Cynthia? Yes, yes. What should I deliver well, else? And how does he? Still, he never fails to take on a task. He is quite the schemer, Scaramouche. He must get a real thrill out of it all. Lord, how should he do? Why, what a laborious thing it is to be a pimp. Why, well he should do. So he is, as well as a knight-adventuring lover can be. He has got but one wound, <gasps> madam. How wounded, say you? Oh, heavens, oh! oh Tis not mortal? Why, I have no great skill, but they say it may be dangerous. <gasps> oh, I die with fear! Oh, where, where is he wounded? Why, madam, he has run quite through the heart. But the man may live, if I please. Thou, please, torment me not with riddles. Why, madam, there is a certain cordial balsam called a fair lady, which outwardly applied to his bosom will prove a better cure than all your weapon salve or sympathetic powder, meaning your ladyship. 
Is Cynthia then not wounded? No otherwise than by your fair eyes, madam. <sighs> he got away unseen and unknown. Dost know how precious time is, and dost thou fool it away thus? What said he to my letter? What should he say? Why, a hundred dear, soft things of love. Kiss it as often and bless me for my goodness. Why, so he did. Ask thee a thousand questions of my health after my last night's fright? So he did. Expressing all the kind concern love could inspire for the punishment my father had inflicted on me for entertaining him at my window last night? All this he did. And for my being confined a prisoner to my apartment without the hope or almost possibility of seeing him anymore? There I think you are a little mistaken, for besides the plot that I have laid to bring you together all this night, there are such stratagems a-brewing, not only to bring you together, but with your father's consent, too. <laughs> such a plot, madam. <gasps> oh, prithee, what? Such a device. I'm impatient. Such a conundrum. Out with it. You must know, madam, your father, my master, the doctor, is a little whimsical, romantic, or Don Quixotish or so. Or rather mad. Oh, that were uncivil to be supposed by me, but... Lunatic we may call him without breaking the decorum of good manners, for he is always traveling to the moon. And so religiously believes there is a world there that he discourses as gravely of the people, their government, institutions, laws, manners, religion, and constitution as if he had been bred a Machiavel there. How came he thus infected first? With reading foolish books. Mm-hmm. Mm Lucian's Icaromenippus, The Man in the Moon, with a thousand other ridiculous volumes too hard to name. Aye, this reading of books is a pernicious thing. I was like to have run mad once reading Sir John Mandeville, but to the business. I went, as you know, to Don Cynthia's lodgings, where I found him with his dear friend Charmante laying their heads together for a farce. Oh, a farce? Aye, a farce, which shall be called... The world, the world in the moon, in the moon wherein the your moon, father shall be so imposed on as shall bring matters most magnificently about. Oh, I cannot conceive thee, but the design must be good since Cynthia and Charmante own it. In order to this, Charmante is dressing himself like one of the cabalists of the Rosicrucian order and is coming to prepare my credulous master for the greater imposition. <laughs> The farce, where is it to be acted? Here, here, in this very house. I am to order the decoration, adorn a stage, and place scenes proper. How can this be done without my father's knowledge? You know the old apartment next to the great orchard, which place for several years nobody has frequented. There, all things shall be acted proper for our purpose. Oh, and Mopsophil, she has been looking after the girls since they were young and is always getting them out of trouble. Scaramouche, too. Run, run, Scaramouche! My master's conjuring for you like mad below. He calls up all his little devils with horrid names. His microscope, his horoscope, his telescope, and all his scopes. Here, here, I had almost forgot the letters. Here's one for you and one for Miss Bellamonte. Oh, Scaramouche, surely he got word from the girl's lovers without being caught and still managed to be there for the doctor without a single stumble. Oh, sly as ever. He probably got it all done before Bellamonte got home from church. Ah, how devout <laughs> she is. Thy eyes are always laughing, Bellamonte. And so would yours had they been so well employed as mine this morning. <laughs> I have been at the chapel and seen so many bows I could not tell which I should look on most. Sometimes my heart was charmed with the gay blonding, then with the melancholy noir, anon the amiable brunette, sometimes the bashful, then again the bold, the little now anon the lovely tall. <laughs> In fine, my dear, I was embarrassed on all sides. I did nothing but dim my heart to detour. Oh, there was then no danger, cousin. No, but abundance of pleasure. Why, this is better than sighing for Charmante. <laughs> That's when he's present only and makes his court to me. I can sigh to a lover, but will never sigh after him. 
Oh, but oh, the bows, the bows, cousin, that I saw at church. But a deuce on it, who should come in and spoil all but my lover Charmante, so dressed, so gallant, that he drew together all the scattered fragments of my heart, confined my wandering thoughts, and fixed them all on him. Oh, how he looked, how he was dressed. be tame, Bellamonte. When I'm weary of loving, Ilaria. <laughs> to keep up your humor. Oh, here's a letter from your Charmante! <laughs> <laughs> There's no question. Ilaria and Bellamonte gosh over every line and every billet de they receive from their bows. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Malicious creature, when wilt thou cease to torment me and either appear less charming or more kind? I languish when from you, and I'm wounded when I see you, and yet I am eternally courting my pain. Cynthia and I are contriving how we shall see you tonight. <laughs> Let us not toil in vain. We ask but your consent. The pleasure will be all ours. Tis therefore fit. We suffer all the fatigue. Grant this, and look me if you will save the life of your Charmante. <laughs> live then, Charmante. Live as long as love can last. <laughs> <laughs> come, come, let's in and answer their billet <laughs> Of course, Alaria and Bellamonte have all the time in the world to exchange their promiscuous letters with their lovers this evening for that is when Dr. Baliardo is most distracted. They are probably penning their barems of love now. <laughs> oh, how the time has passed so quickly. I can see my uncle's estate just ahead. <gasps> and look, two figures climbing the hill to the laboratory, Dr. Baliardo and Scaramouche, no doubt. Ah, it is the same sight I've seen so many nights before. The doctor trudging up to his laboratory, mumbling to himself, his hands full of papers and pipes, Scaramouche following closely behind, the devoted servant he is, lugging up his master's enormous telescope. Oh, I swear it is at least 20 feet in length. Oh, usually an absolutely miserable task, I'm sure. But tonight, it will be well worth it, for Scaramouche and his fellow schemers will hatch their plot on the doctor. It looks like they've made their way into the laboratory now. Oh, it's likely close to time now for the game to commence. Let's pause here for a brief moment and watch the device unfold. Set down the telescope. Let me see, what hour is it? About six o'clock, sir. Then tis about the hour that the great monarch of the upper world enters into his closet. Mount, mount the telescope. It is the same practice routine each night. The doctor rifles through his papers, mumbling calculations to himself. Scaramouche positions the telescope, twisting and turning, shifting here and there until the moon is in perfect focus for his master's viewing pleasure. <gasps> oh, look! The doctor takes his stance to gaze. How, oh, sir, peep into the king's closet? Under favor, sir, that will be something uncivil. Uncivil over flat treason, if it should be known. But thus unseen, and as wise politicians should, I take survey of all. This is a state man's peeping hole, through which he steals the secrets of his king and seems to wink at distance. It's as though the moment the doctor fixes his eye to the lens, it is stuck there, scribbling down illegible notes, mumbling on about angles and hours. Nothing can break his focus. Ah, but someone is approaching now. See a grand figure climbing the hill and attended by a sprightly escort, it appears, bounding behind him. Tonight, the doctor has an unexpected visitor. Scaramouche? See to the matter and take care none enter. I'll see to it, sir. Well, a surprise to the doctor, but of course not to Scaramouche. Oh, sir, sir, here's some strange great man come to wait on you. Great man? From whence? Nay, from the moon world, for aught I know, for he looks not like the people of the lower orb. Ah, and that may be. Wait on him in. 
off run Scaramouche to fetch the otherworldly visitor. The doctor still staring through the lens. See the visitor enter now. Oh, and in a fine, fantastical habit. A convincing disguise. The doctor will never suspect this regal creature to be his niece's lover, Charmante. Oh, only now does the doctor finally break his gaze to greet his guest. Ah, Scaramouche is selling the plot, bowing like a buffoon before his eminence, before saluting the doctor and leaving the pair to their private conversation. Dr. Baliardo, most learned sir, all hail, hail from the great Kabbalah of... Oh. Utopia. Most reverend bard, thrice welcome. Mm. The fame of your great learning, sir, is known with joy to the renowned society. Oh, fame, sir, has done me too much honor to bear my name to the renowned Kabbalah. Ah, you must not attribute it all to fame, sir. They are all too learned and wise to take up things from fame, sir. Our intelligence is by ways more... Secret and sublime. The stars and little demons of the air inform us of all things past, present, and to come. The four elements are peopled with persons of a form and species more divine than the vulgar mortals. Those of the fiery regions we call uh, salamanders. They beget kings and heroes. The, the lovely inhabitants of the water we call uh, the nymphs. Those of the earth are gnomes or fairies. Those of the air are sylphs. These, uh, when in conjunction with mortals, beget immortal races such as the firstborn man, which had continued so had the first man ne'er doted on a woman. Oh, I am of that opinion, sir. Man was not made for a woman. <laughs> Most certain, sir. Man was to have been immortalized by the love and conversation of these charming sylphs and nymphs, and woman by the gnomes and salamanders, and to have stocked the world with demigods such as this day inhabit the empire of the moon. Most admirable philosophy and reason. Do these sylphs and nymphs appear in shapes? Oh, of the most beautiful of all sons and daughters of the universe. Imagination itself. Imagination is not half so charming and then so soft, so kind. But none but the Kabbalah and their families are blessed with their divine addresses. Were you but once admitted to that society? Oh, I, sir. What virtues or what merits can accomplish me for that great honor? An absolute abstinence from carnal thought, devout and pure of spirit, free from sin. I dare not boast my virtue, sir. Is there no way to try my purity? Are you very secret? Tis my first principle, sir. Hmm, and one the most material in our Rosicrucian order. Please you to make a trial. As how, sir, I beseech you. <laughs> if you be thoroughly purged from vice, the optics of your sight will be so illuminated that glancing through this telescope, you may behold one of those lovely creatures of the vast region of the air. Sir, you oblige profoundly. Kneel then and try your strength of virtue, sir. Keep your eye fixed and open. At his visitor's instructions, see the doctor kneel to peep through the lens. Can you discern, sir? Methinks I see a kind of glorious cloud drawn up. Mm. And now, tis gone again. Mm, saw you no figure? None. Mm. Then, make a short prayer to Alan Kane, the spirit of the East. Shake oh. off all earthly thoughts and look again. Ah, the doctor oh, turns to pray yes. now, surely anxious to prove his virtue to his moonly guest and stare upon some wondrous creature. <laughs> Charmante is frantic and fumbling for something tucked away in his habit. He's pulled out a glass plate that looks to be painted with a picture of a beautiful nymph. The doctor seems to be distracted still, deep in prayer. Watch as Charmante swiftly places the plate at the end of the telescope, and just in time, the doctor looks like he's about to be closing his prayer. Ah, and now he's up, leaning in to try his gaze again as that sneaky Charmante shines a light behind the glass, illuminating it. I wonder what it looks like through that lens. <laughs> Oh, astonished, ravished with delight, I see a beauty young and angel-like, leaning upon a cloud. Oh, seems she on a bed, then she's reposing, and you must not gaze. Now a cloud veils her from me. She saw you peeping then, and drew the curtain of the air between. Oh, I am all rapture, sir, at this rare vision. Is it possible, sir, that I may ever hope 
the conversation of so divine a beauty most possible sir they will court you their whole delight is to immortalize magnus socrates virgil and those other like minds all had their zilfids which foolish people called their demon or devil but you are wise sir oh, but do you imagine sir they won't fall in love with an old mortal ah they love not like the vulgar tis the immortal part they dote upon oh but sir i have a niece and daughter which i love equally were it not possible they might be immortalized no doubt on it sir if they be pure and chaste i think they are and i'll take care to keep them so for i confess sir i would fain have a hero to my grandson <laughs> you never saw the emperor of the moon sir the mighty eridanazar Never, sir. His court I have, but was confusedly so. Oh, refine your thoughts, sir, by a moment's prayer, and try again. Well, the doctor is certainly enthralled with the mere descriptions of the otherworldly wonders as he rushes through his prayer this time. Charmante must be quick. Oh, see, he is switching the glass plate to replace it with one that is adorned with a picture of what looks to be the emperor. Eridanazar. Oh, it looks like he is already ready to look again and is returning his eye to the spot. It is too much, too much for mortal eyes. I see a monarch seated on a throne, but seems most sad and pensive. <gasps> Forbear then, sir, for now his love fits on, and then he would be private. Uh, his love fits, sir? Aye, sir. The emperor is in love with some fair mortal. And can he not command her? Yes, but her quality being too mean. He struggles, though a king, twixt love and honor. It were too much to know the mortal, sir. Tis yet unknown, sir, to all the Kabbalists who are now using all their arts to find her oh. and serve his majesty. Oh, but now my great affair deprives me of you. Tomorrow, sir, I'll wait on you again. And now I've tried your virtue, tell you wonders. Oh, I humbly kiss your hands, most learned sir. Mm -hmm. The trick has worked as the doctor escorts his guest out, fooled by the disguise. He starts back down the hill. He leaves alone, no escort in sight. Oh, what's here? Behind the laboratory. Oh, of course! Scaramouche lurking, still listening in on the whole exchange. He has that scheming smirk on his face. He must have more to attend to. So, so, Don Charmante has played his part most exquisitely. I'll in and see how it works in his pericranium. Did you call, sir? Scaramouche, I have for thy singular wit and honesty always had a tenderness for thee above that of a master no. to a servant. Thou hast virtue and merit that deserves much, and I may make thee great. All I require is that thou wilt double thy diligent care of my daughter and my niece, for there are mighty things designed for them if we can keep them from the sight of man. <gasps> the sight of man, sir? Aye, and the very thoughts of man. What antidote is there to be given to a young wench against the disease of love and longing? Do you your part, and because I know thee discreet and very secret, I will hereafter discover wonders to thee. On pain of life, look to the girls. That's your charge. Doubt me not, sir, and I hope your reverence will reward my faithful service with Mopsaville, your daughter's governante, who is rich and has long had my affection, sir. Traitor! Oh, what was that? Uh, it came from just there, in those hedges at the far end of the garden. <gasps> oh, and that distinct form gives itself away to be that of Charmante's attendant Harlequin. Oh, of course! He and Scaramouche have long been at odds, both fawning over the governante Mopsophil for many years now. Well, I suspect he has overheard Scaramouche making an appeal to the doctor for Mopsophil's hand. <gasps> oh, I'm sure he's driven mad! Luckily, it looks like he's remained unnoticed. Set not thy heart on transitories, mortal. There are better things in store. Besides, I have promised her to a farmer for his son. Come in with me and bring the telescope. The doctor and Scaramouche are leaving the laboratory now. See them start to venture back down the hill, Scaramouche following closely behind his master with the humongous telescope in tow. They have passed the garden and are nearing the doors to the estate now, and Harlequin is still out of sight. <gasps> oh, what timing! His head has popped up now through the hedges there. And oh my, does he look positively distraught! My mistress Mopsophil to marry a farmer's son? What, am I then forsaken, abandoned by the false fair one? 
If I have honor, I must die with rage. It is resolved. I'll hang myself. No. When did I ever hear of a hero that hanged himself? No. Tis the death of rogues. What if I drown myself? No. Useless dogs and puppies are drowned. A pistol or a caper on my own sword would look more nobly, but that I have a natural aversion to pain. No. I'll die a death uncommon and leave behind me an eternal fame. I have somewhere read in an author, either ancient or modern, of a man that laughed to death. I'm very ticklish and am resolved to die that death. Oh, Mopsophil, my cruel Mopsophil. Ah, yes, a reaction of absolute hysteria is true to his nature. Harlequin has never been one to keep moderate so well, always for the theatrics and the melodrama. Oh, look! <laughs> he is tickling himself from the soles of his feet to the top of his head in an absolutely ridiculous frenzy. Oh, it's quite a sight to see him skipping and leaping, laughing and crying as his fingers dance across every part of his body. Oh, and yes, now to perform a most tragic death. And now, farewell the world, fond love and mortal care. <laughs> See as he falls to the ground, gasping for one final breath. <gasps> and now he is limp. <laughs> what now? Committed as ever to his act, he'll wait to be discovered by his rival, I'm sure. Why, he might still be lying there when we wake in the morning. <gasps> oh, but look! Scaramouche approaches from the house now. Harlequin was left in the garden, I'll tell him the news of Mopsophil. What's here? Harlequin dead! Ah, it is the perfect trick! Harlequin can take his rival by surprise! Who is that thus would rob me of my honor? Honor? Why, I thought thou'd been dead! Why, so I was, and the most agreeably dead! I came to bemoan with thee the mutual loss of our mistress. Oh, I know it, sir, I know it. And that thou art as false as she. Oh. Was not a covenant between us that neither should take advantage of the other, oh. but both should have fair play? And yet you basely went to undermine me and ask her of the doctor. But since she's gone, I scorn to quarrel for her. But let's like loving brothers, hand in hand, leap from some precipice into the sea. What, and spoil all my clothes? I thank you for that. No, I have a newer way. You know, I lodge four pairs of stairs high. Let's ascend thither, and after saying our prayers... Prayers? I never heard of a dying hero that ever prayed. <sighs> well, I'll not stand with you for a trifle. Being come up, I'll open the casement, take you by the heels, and fling you out into the street. After which, you have no more to do but come up and throw me down in my turn. The achievement's great and new. But now I think on it, I'm resolved to hear my sentence from the mouth of the perfidious trollop, for yet I cannot credit it. I'll tell the lady, though I venture banging, to be undeceived, tis hardly worth the hanging. I'm sure those scoundrels don't leave satisfied tonight, not without a word or so from Mopsophil. What luck in our timing to arrive just now. Oh, I'm sure it will be something to behold. Come now, let's in and see to my cousins. But not a single room is lit that I can see. Oh, I do hope they haven't all gone to bed and forgotten my visit. Oh, what's here? A light in that far window? That's Bellamonte's chamber, if my memory serves me well. But that figure, vague as it is, is unmistakable. Not that of my fair cousin, but a scheming Scaramouche. So I've got rid of my rival and shall here get an opportunity to speak with Mopsophil, for hither she must come anon to lay the young lady's night things in order. I'll hide myself in some corner till she come. I wonder what he is plotting. Ah, his candle's out and I cannot see a thing. Ah, shame. It would have been quite the show, to be sure. Ah, what's here? The doctor's telescope just at the garden gate. Maybe it could serve us here if we put it toward the chamber window with a light to see more. Let's try. Ah, I am brilliant. Still dim, but I can distinguish all now. Oh, look, another figure is at the chamber door now. Harlequin there, if my eyes serve me. So I made my rival believe I was gone and hid myself till I got this opportunity to steal to Mopsophil's apartment, which must be hereabouts, for from these windows he used to entertain my love. <gasps> I hear a soft tread. 
If it were Mopsipil, she would not come by dark. What was that? A table? There, I may obscure myself. Tis a man's voice. If it should be my master, the doctor, now I were a dead man. He can't see me, and I'll put myself into such a posture that if he feel me, he shall soon take me for a church spout as a man. Oh my, if only they could see! Only steps between them. Ah, oh, why, that Scaramouche must be suspicious, trying to augment himself. Oh, look at him in that ridiculous posture, his arms akimbo, his knees wide open, his backside almost touching the ground, his mouth stretched wide, and his eyes staring. Harlequin looks foolish, reaching through the pitch black, groping for the table. Ah! Oh, his head just thrust into Scaramouche's gaping mouth. Oh, he looks in utter shock, holding back his screams. Scaramouche must have chomped down hard on his rival's fingers. Ah, what's this? All mouth with twenty rows of teeth? Now dare not I cry out, lest the doctor should come find me here and kill me. I'll try if it be mortal. Oh my! Harlequin with a dagger now, and so close to piercing Scaramouche. Ah, thank goodness, Scaramouche must have felt the tip and recoiled, releasing Harlequin's hand from his bite. Oh, Scaramouche looks shaken by the encounter. Who the devil can this be? Oh, he looks to have slipped out of the chamber just now, but Harlequin remains still groping blindly for the table. What a ridiculous sight! Ah, it looks like he's finally found his way under the table. He must be waiting for Mopsifil. Oh, look, a light. Is that her that enters now? Ah, but no, it's Bellamante with a book and pen in hand. Oh my, she's moving to the table to write. Oh, Harlequin must be cautious not to be caught here. <laughs> I am in a bell humor for poetry tonight. I'll make some barames on love. Out of a great curiosity, a shepherd did demand of me. No, no. A shepherd this implored of me. No, no, I'll write anew. Aye, aye, so it shall go. Tell me, said he, can you resign? Resign? Aye, what shall rhyme to resign? Tell me, said he. Ah, and she's up again, pacing about the room now. She must be stuck, searching for a rhyme. But look, that meddling Harlequin is peeping out from his hiding spot, reaching for the pen now. Ah, oh, I have one that will do well. He looks to be scribbling down a line now. Oh, he must be quick, or Bellamante will surely catch him. Ah, she's returning to the book now. But it looks like the trickster has already concealed himself again, that lucky devil. I wonder what line he put. Aye, aye, so it shall be. Tell me, said he, my Bellamante, will you be kind to your Charmante? <laughs> Heavens, what's this? I am amazed. And yet I'll venture once more. I blushed and veiled my wishing eyes, wishing eyes. She is up again. Ah, her back has barely turned, but that nimble Harlequin is already scribbling again. And answered only with my sighs. How quickly he writes. Already hidden again. Oh, what will Bellamante think of the enchanted Varems? Ah, she's returned to read again. <laughs> What's this? Witchcraft or some divinity of love? Some cupid sure invisible? Once more I'll try the charm. Could I a better way my love impart? Impart? And without speaking, tell him all my heart. <gasps> Tis here again, but where's the hand that writ it? Oh, she must be baffled by Harlequin's roots. But still, she looks to be enjoying the spell. Oh, another enters now. Charmante. Oh, those two have more passion between them than I ever Ooh, seen. Surely there will be fire if he reads the lines. <laughs> Bellamante is not so swift, trying to hide the book from her lover. But he takes it now, what with that charming, taunting smirk on his face. Oh, what will he say to these barems? <laughs> Out of great curiosity, a shepherd this implored of me. Tell me, he said, my Bellamante, will you be kind to your Charmante? I blushed and veiled my wishing eyes and answered only with my sighs. Could I a better way my love in part and without speaking tell him all my heart? Who is this different character? Tis yours for aught I know. Oh, away! My name was put here for a blind. What rhyming fop have you been clubbing wit withal? <laughs> Charmante jealous. Oh, have I not cause? Who writ these barems? Some kind of assisting deity for aught Some I know. Some kind of assisting coxcomb that I know. Uh, the ink's yet wet. The spark I near is fine. Uh, mm. uh, Mother Roos, how is 
Mistaken. Oh, mistaken. What did you take me for? An easy fool to be imposed upon? One that would be uh, cuckolded by every feathered fool who would dote upon a fawn she fop a vain, conceited, amorous toe-cat! Oh, Charmante is enraged. See him searching the chamber for the unknown poet. Ah, but Bellamante has her tricks too, pulling him close now to distract him from his jealousy. And it looks to be working. But look, Scaramouche in haste comes to interrupt the moment. Oh, he looks distraught. Oh, madam, hide your lover or we are all undone. Oh, I will not hide till I know the thing that made the verses. Bellamante needs... Bellamonte. Oh my, how their faces have turned. They're scattered now in complete panic. Ah, and now I see the reason. The doctor is climbing the stairs to the chamber. <laughs> She's coming, sir. Where, where shall I hide him? Oh, the closet's open. Ah, Scaramouche is dragging a squirming Charmante across the room. What is his plan this time? The closet. Oh, he is quicker than Harlequin, oh. even. Managing to thrust the doll into the closet and slam the door shut just as the doctor enters. Oh, niece. Ill luck, ill luck. I must leave you tonight. My brother the advocate is sick and has sent for me. Tis three long leagues and darkest is I must go. They say he's dying. Ugh. Here, take my keys and go into my study and look over all my papers and bring me all those concerning my brother and me. Come, Scaramouche, and get me ready for my journey. And on your life, let not a door be open till my return. The doctor looks to be fumbling for something. Oh, he must be scattered, dropping loose keys on the floor without notice. But look now, he hands one to Bellamante and summons her and Scaramouche to follow him out of the chamber. Oh, those two schemers look terrified, leaving Bellamante's concealed lover alone in the chamber. Why, they aren't even aware that Harlequin is still lurking there. Oh, I wish them luck. Oh, but another enters now. Who could it be? Mopsophil and alone? Well, tis a delicious thing to be rich. What a world of lovers it invites. I have one for every hand and the favorite for my lips. I him would I be glad to know. But of all my lovers, I am for the farmer's son because he keeps a callish and I'll swear a coach is the most agreeable thing about a man. Oh! <gasps> Me, what? The ghost of a poor lover dwindled into a hey-ho. <gasps> ah, Harlequin has come out of hiding, startling his mistress. And ah, Scaramouche enters again, oh, enraged at the sight, it seems. My rival and my mistress! Is this done like a man of honor, Monsieur Harlequin, to take advantages to injure me? All advantages are lawful in love and war. And t'was contrary to our league and covenant. Therefore, I defy thee as a traitor. I scorn to fight with thee because I once called thee brother. And thou art a coward, Nini. Coward? Nay, then I am provoked. Come on. Uh, pardon me, sir. I gave the coward, and you ought to strike. Oh, and now Mama uh, scurries away uh, again. I'm sure she does not want to be caught in a duel. Uh, oh, look. The rivals draw their weapons now. Scaramouche lunges first, but oh, he cannot catch that all-too-agile Harlequin leaping about and dodging each strike. Scaramouche chases him about the room. Scaramouche will tire soon at this rate. Surely he'll give up soon. If you be for dancing, sir, I have weapons for all occasions. Oh, what's here? Scaramouche lays down his sword and draws another weapon. But what? He puts it to his own mouth? It looks to be... Do my eyes deceive me? A flute? Scaramouche playing a tune now, and Harlequin dancing? What happened to the scuffle? An odd pair indeed, but their faces have softened now, giddy and frolicking about to the delightful tune together, as if there was a, never a rift between them. Mimi Bonhomme, is not this better than dueling? But not altogether so heroic, sir. Well, for the future, let us have fair play. No tricks to undermine each other, but which of us is chosen to be the happy one, the other shall be content. Cousin Bellamante, cousin! Oh, Slife, let's be gone, lest we be seen in the lady's apartment. What now? The two are panicked again. Scaramouche shoves Harlequin behind the door to conceal him. Another approaching? Ah! My cousin Ilaria flies into the room. Oh, surely they'll be caught. But what? Harlequin already disappeared? How has he managed to sneak out already? But Scaramouche is not so lucky as Ilaria catches him now in the lady's chamber. Oh, how now? How came you here? I came to tell you, madam. My master's just taking Mule to go his journey tonight and that Don Cynthia was in the street for a lucky moment to enter in. But what if anyone by my father's order or he himself should by some chance surprise us? I'll go see if the old gentleman be gone and return with your lover. Oh, oh I tremble, but no, not whether tis with fear or joy. <laughs> ah, Scaramouche 
Bush must have talked his way out of trouble again, running off to another scheme, I'm sure. But now another comes? Who could be joining this pandemonium? Ah, it is Cynthia with his arms outstretched to embrace his lover. But she does not look so enthused. <laughs> my dear Laria, <laughs> shun my arms, Laria. Heavens, why did you come so soon? Is it too soon? When air tis safe, Laria. I die with fear. Let you not scare a mooch. He went to bid you wait a while. What shall I do? Why this concern? None of the house has seen me. I saw your father taking mule. Sure, you mistake. Methinks I hear his voice. My key, the key of my laboratory. Why, knave Scaramouche, where are you? Do you hear that, sir? Oh, I am undone. Where shall I hide you? Another must be coming to catch them oh. as Alaria looks frantically oh. about the room for a place to conceal her forbidden lover. Ah, my cousin's closet's open! Ah, she's shutting him in the closet, not knowing Charmante is hiding there. Oh, she is swift, blowing out her candle just as her father enters and managing to sneak behind him and steal out without notice. Brilliant! Oh, well done, Ilaria. But now, my uncle seems to be searching for something, squinting at the floor. His fallen key, perhaps? Oh, I wonder if Cynthia and Charmante know each other in the dark closet. Oh, this perfidious woman! No marvel she was so surprised and angry at my approach tonight. Oh, who can this be? Oof, but I'll be prepared. Ha! The door is cracked, and Cynthia looks to be trying to escape with the doctor still searching the floor. Oh, this is too much! But still, the doctor is too distracted to notice. Here, I must have dropped it. A light. A light. There. Why, Scaramouche, knave, a light. And now his trusty attendant, Scaramouche, again with a light for his master. But, oh, Cynthia looks to be losing his balance and, oh, he tumbles out of the closet. Uh -huh. Mopsophil and Delaria come rushing in with lights now. Oh, surely they are found out now. But Cynthia's face says he'll still try. How will he do? Uh -huh. A man at in my house. Oh, dire misfortune. <clears throat> Who are you, sir? Men call me Gog Magog, the spirit of power. My right hand riches holds, my left hand honor. Is there a city wife would be a lady? Bring her to me. Her easy cuckold shall be dubbed a knight. Oh, heavens, a madman, sir. Is there a tawdry fop would have a title? A rich mechanic that would be an alderman? Bring him to me and I'll convert that coxcomb and that blockhead into your honor and right worshipful. Oh, mad, stark mad. White syrup, broke, scaramouche. <clears throat> how got this madman in? Why, sir, he was brought in a chair for your advice, but how he rambled from the parlor to this chamber, I know not. Upon a winged horse, he clipped Pegasus, swift as the fiery racers of the sun. I fly, I fly. See how I mount and cut the liquid sky. <laughs> Goodness, what a ridiculous sight. Cynthia playing insanity. See him galloping and flapping about the room and now out of the chamber. Oh, they narrowly escaped, but never underestimate how gullible the doctor can be. Mm, alas, poor gentleman. He's past all cure. <clears throat> but, Sira, for the future, take you care that no young mad patients be brought into my house. I shall, sir. And see, here's your key you looked for. <laughs> That's well. I must be gone. Bar up the doors, and upon life or death, let no man enter. The antics must be done with now, as they all follow the doctor out of the chamber. But what if Charmante still hidden in the closet? Ah, oh, I see him creeping out now. Who the devil could that be that I felt in the closet? Whew. But at least I'm free and the doctor's gone. I'll to Cynthia and bring him to pass this night with our mistresses. And now he slipped away, leaving the chamber empty at last. But wait, someone approaches again, Cynthia returning to the closet. Now for this lucky rival, if his stars will make this last part of his adventure such. I hid myself in the next chamber, only to return to be revenged. And now Scaramouche again, looking relieved with the doctor off. I'm sure he is ready for the revelry to commence. So, so, the old gentleman has departed and the house is our own for this night. Where are the ladies? Where are the sparks? Oh, his face is turned again. Perhaps more footsteps? Oh, I hope he is not caught now. But he looks to be concealed in a darkened corner. Who enters now? Alaria! Bellamonte tells me Charmante is concealed in the closet whom Cynthia surely has mistaken for some lover of mine and is jealous. But I'll send Charmante after him to make my peace and undeceive him. Sir? Sir, where are you? They are all gone. You may adventure out. Ah, Cynthia here. Yes, madam, to your shame. Now your perfidiousness is plain, false woman. 
Tis well your lover had the dexterity of escaping. I'd spoiled his making love else. Pretty hear me. But since my ignorance of his person saves his life, live and possess him till I can discover him. Oh, go, peevish fool, whose jealousy believes me given to change. Let thy own torments be my just revenge. Oh, the angry lovers have gone now, and Scaramouche emerges from the corner, having heard the entire exchange, that sneaky devil. Pshaws, this all... Lover's quarrels are soon adjusted. I'll to um, unfold the riddle and bring him back. Ilaria and Bellamonte need not worry, but go in and dress for the ball. Mopsaville's habits which their lovers have sent to put on, and the fiddles treat and all are prepared. Well, that was a whirlwind. I warned you that they were odd, but clearly we arrived at the perfect moment to witness the absurdity on full display. But now that things have calmed down, let's seem to make our presence known. Oh, look here. Scaramouche is heading out to the street. He must have scoured the whole estate for Cynthia and Charmante. I'm sure it will be something to behold when he finds those angry lovers. Come, let's trail behind him. Bellamonte can wait a while longer, but we must stay hidden. Oh, look, here's one angry lover now. Oh, tis Cynthia. Don Cynthia! Well, what's the quarrel? How fell ye out? You may inform yourself, I believe, for these close intrigues cannot be carried on without your knowledge. What intrigues, sir? Be quick, I'm in haste. Who was the lover I surprised at the closet? Oh, the Septio Visus, sir, the error of the eyes. Oh, dog, I felt him too. But since the rascal escaped me, I'll be revenged on thee. Oh, my! Cynthia must be furious, lightning at Scaramouche in place of the supposed rascal. What's here? Charmante accompanied by Harlequin. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's the matter here? Senor Don Charmante! <laughs> what? Cynthia in a rage? <laughs> Who's the unlucky object? All men and women kind. Ilaria's false. Ilaria false? Well, take heed. Sure, her nice virtue is proof against the vices of her sex. Say rather, uh, Bellamonte. The town contains not such a false impertinent. This evening I surprised her in her chamber, writing a verses, and between her lines, some spark had newly penned his new proper stuff. Curse of the gentle, beautiful, no more! I doubt you are mistaken in that, <gasps> sir, for twas I, the spark that writ the proper stuff, to do you service. Thou? Aye, we that spend our lives and fortunes here to serve you, to be used like pimps and scoundrels. Come, sir, satisfy him who was t'was hid in the closet when he came in and found you. Ha! Is it possible? Was it Charmante? Was it you, Cynthia? <laughs> Pox on it! What fools are we? We could not know one another by instinct. Well, well, dispute no more this clear case, but let's hasten to your mistresses. I'm ashamed to appear before Ilaria. And I to Bellamonte. Come, come, take heart of grace, pull your hats down over your eyes, put your arms across, sigh, and look scurvily. Your simple looks are ever a token of repentance. Come, come along. Oh, those foolish men. At least the matter is sorted. Let us hurry now to Bellamonte and Ilaria before their lovers arrive, so that I may know their true feelings without the men present. Come along inside. You need not concern yourself with playing into the buffoonery, but can stay close to me to witness all. Oh, the estate is beautifully adorned for the revelry tonight. Ah, Mopsifil here. Come, she'll lead us to the cousins. Madam, your cousin Florinda has come to visit you. Oh, I'm glad on it. Tis a good wench, and we'll trust her with our mirth and secret. A good cousin. Sweet Florinda, how I've longed to see your face again. At last, I'm here with you now. Oh, and so finely dressed. I am extremely pleased with these habits, cousin. Uh, they are all a gothic and en commune. Where are your lovers? The men have a very good fancy, cousin. I long to see them. And so do I. Oh, I wonder Scaramouche stays so and what success he has. You have no cause to doubt. You can so easily acquit yourself. But I, what shall I do? Who can no more imagine who should write those borames than who I shall love next if I break off with Charmante? 
If he be a man of honor, cousin, when a maid protests her innocence. Aye, but he's a man of wit too, cousin, and knows when women protest most, they likely lie most. Most commonly, for truth needs no asseveration. That's according to the disposition of your lover, for some believe you most when you most abuse and cheat them. Some are so obstinate they would damn a woman with protesting before she can convince them. <laughs> Such a one is not worth convincing. I would not make the world wise at the expense of a virtue. Nay, he shall remain as heaven made him for me, since there are men enough for all uses. Oh, see here, cousin. Your lovers come, and with their attendants. Oh, how they are dressed so exquisitely in their gothic garb. Come and greet your mistress as well. Both of the lovers look clumsy and ashamed, bowing before us. Can you forgive us? My cousins look at each other, and then to me, they not knowing I have witnessed all the commotion that transpired this evening. Still, I won't let on to my knowledge, but they smile at one another in agreement and start, Alaria taking <laughs> Cynthia up. That, Cynthia, you're convinced, I do not wonder. But how Charmante's goodness is inspired, I know not. <clears throat> let it suffice. Ooh, I'm satisfied, my Bellavante. <laughs> oh, oh, pray, know my cousin Florinda. Good lady. I'll play as though I've never seen him. Come, let's not lose time since we are all friends. The best use we can make of it is to talk of love. Oh, we shall have time enough for that hereafter. Besides, you may make love in dancing as well as in sitting. You may gaze, sigh, and press the hand, and now and then receive a kiss. What, would you more? Yes, wish a little more. We were unreasonable to forbid you that cold joy, nor shall you wish long in vain if you bring matters so about to get us with my uncle's consent. Uh, her fortunes, depending solely on his pleasure, which is too considerable to lose. Uh, all things are ordered as I have written you at large. Our scenes and all our properties are ready. We have no more to do but to banter the old gentleman into a little more faith, which the next visit of our new cabalist, Charmante, will complete. <laughs> then come, you and all your kinsmen who are to assist you in carrying on a greater intrigue, the gaining of us, are doubly welcome to revel with us this <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> we all rejoice the house finally. <laughs> we dance and sing, laugh and drink, celebrating the lovers' reunion and and imminent nuptials. It feels as though the scheming and trickery have paid off and are done with, but <clears throat> the moment ends when... Hark! <gasps> what noise is that? Sure, tis in the next room. Ah, I'd recognize those faces from seeing them through the window before. It's the doctor climbing the stairs again and he is approaching quickly. Scaramouche! Scaramouche! Oh. <gasps> the devil oh. the likeness of my old master's voice! For it is impossible should be he himself. If it be he, how got he in? Did you not secure the doors? He always has a key to open them. Oh, what shall we do? There's no escaping him. Scaramouche, knave, ah. where are you? Ah. Uh, tis he, tis he, follow me all. We must be hasty now. Without a second thought, we all follow Scaramouche, putting our faith in whatever idea he may have. What's this? He's placing us in odd postures in front of a wall. What could his plan be? But I hear the doctor's footsteps approaching. I'll stand frozen and silent with my comrades and pray Scaramouche will scheme his way out of this one. I tell you, Sierra, I heard the noise of fiddles. No, surely, sir. Twas a mistake. Scaramouche is warping our arms and legs as if we were a living work of art. Oh, now he throws a curtain over to conceal us. I'll peep carefully to see what occurs. Oh, Scaramouche rushes to the door with a candle in his hand, just in time to meet Dr. Baliardo there. Bless me, sir, is it you or your ghost? Twere good for you, sir, if I were a thing of air, but as I am a substantial mortal, I will lay it on as substantially. Oh, what do you mean, sir? What do you mean? Sira, must I stand waiting your leisure while you are roguing here? I will reward you! Yeah. Ow, ah, and I shall deserve it richly, sir, when you know all! I guess all, Sira, and I heard all, and you shall be rewarded for all! Where have you heard the fiddles, you rogue? Fiddles, sir, where? I fiddles, knave, here, here, I heard them. Fiddles, sir, sure was the wind got into your head and whistled in your ears riding so late, sir. 
Aye, thou false varlet, there's another debt I owe thee for bringing me so damnable a lie. My brother's well. I met his valet but a league from town and found thy roguery out. Is this the reward I have for being so diligent since you went? In what, thou villain, in what? Scaramouche draws back the curtain and we are revealed. We must not move an inch and hold our breath. The doctor looks shocked, staring at us frozen here. Why, look you, sir, I have, to surprise you with pleasure, been putting up this piece of tapestry, the finest in Italy for the rareness of the figure, sir. Oh, mm, it is indeed a stately piece of work. How came I by him? Uh, Do I say your reverence from the virtuoso or some of the cabalists? Hmm, I must confess the workmanship is excellent. But still, I do insist I heard the music. It was then the tuning of the spheres, some serenade, sir, from the inhabitants of the moon. Hmm, from the moon, that may be. Lord, do you think I would deceive your reverence? From the moon, a serenade. Mm-hmm. I'll think on it more at leisure. Prithee, what story is this? Uh, t- why, sir, tis... Hold up the candles higher and nearer. Scaramouche holds the candles nearer to us now as Dr. Baliardo examines us all one by one in hanging. Oh, we are all performing perfectly! I'm convinced we will fool the doctor, but out of the corner of my eye I see that rascal Harlequin getting restless. I pray he resists, but of course, the second the doctor's eyes drift from Harlequin... Ow! Uh, Sir! What was that struck me? Uh, Struck you, sir? Imagination. Can my imagination feel, Sirrah? Oh, the most tenderly of any part about one, sir. Mmm, that may be. Are you a great philosopher and know not that, sir? This fill has a glimpse of profundity. I like the figures well. The doctor is leaning in again, examining us closer than before. We are all near our breaking point, and Harlequin is well past his. Ah-ha! Is that imagination, too? Oh, betrayed! Betrayed undone! Run for my pistols! Call my servants, Peter! A plot upon my daughter and my niece! Oh my, that was close! But Scaramouche is wasting no time. The second the doctor leaves the room, we all follow Scaramouche as he shuffles us all out from under the curtain, blowing out his candle to keep us concealed. Here, here, fear nothing. When I go out, all may go. When you hear the doctor has come in again, which he certainly will do, I'll depart to your respective lodgings. And leave thee to bear the brunt? Take you no care for that. I'll put it into my bill of charges and be paid altogether. We slip out of the room just in time and scurry around the corner. I start to follow my cousins and their lovers as they dart across the hallway. But oh, the doctor is now toting pistols and in a fiery rage. Oh, I must stay behind just a little while longer. I'll stay close to the wall and cautious not to be caught. But seeing the doctor grope his way through the dark is sure to be amusing. What by dark? That shall not save you, villains. Peter, hold fast the door. Let none escape. I'll warrant you, sir. Lights there. Lights! I'm sure they could not escape! Impossible, sir. Oh! Someone enters with a light! It's Scaramouche and undressed as if he has just awoken from a slumber. Oh, bless me, what's here? Ah! Who art thou? Ah, who the devil are you? Ah, he's playing the part well, rubbing his eyes and yawning. See as he brings the candle nearer to the doctor's face as if to see him more clearly. <gasps> Mercy upon us! Why wouldst you, sir, return so soon? Returned? Aye, sir, did you not go out of town last night to your brother, the advocate? Thou villain, thou questionest me as if thou knewst not that I was returned. How should I know, sir? I'm sure I'm just waked from the sweetest dream. You dream still, Sarah, but I shall wake your rogueship. Were you not here but now, show me a piece of tapestry, you villain. Tapestry? Yes, rogue, yes, for which I'll have thy life. The doctor is pointing the pistol right at Scaramouche. Are you stark mad, sir, or do I dream still? Tell me, and tell me quickly, rogue. Who are those traitors that were hid but now in the disguise of a piece of hangings? Bless me! You amaze me, sir. What conformity has every word you say to my rare dream? Pray, let me tell you, sir. Are you human? You shall feel I am, Sirrah, if thou confess not. Confess? Sir, what should I confess? I understand not your cabalistical language, but in mine, I confess that you have waked me from the rarest dream, where methought the Emperor of the Moon World was in our house, dancing and reveling, and methought his grace was fallen desperately in love with Mistress Ilaria, and that his brother, the Prince, Sir of Thunderland, was also 
so in love with Mistress Bellamonte, and methought they descended to court him in your absence, and that at last you surprised them, and that they transformed themselves into a suit of hangings to deceive you. But at last we thought you grew angry at something, and they all fled to heaven again, and after a deal of thunder and lightning, I awaked, sir, and hearing human voices here came to see what the matter was. What a tale! But has it worked? The doctor stands and seems to contemplate a moment before speaking again. Mm -hmm. May I credit this? Credit it? By all the honor of your house, tis true, sir. That famous Rosicrucian who yesterday visited me told me the Emperor of the Moon was in love with a fair mortal. This dream is inspiration in this fellow. He must have wondrous virtue in him to be worthy of these divine intelligences. But if that mortal should be Ilaria... But no more, I dare not yet suppose it. I'll to my daughter and my niece, and hear what knowledge they may have of this. Scaramouche, if you have not deceived me in this matter, time will convince me farther. If it rests here, I shall believe you false. Will you so? I'll secure you. The frolic shall go around. Come, we must to Ilaria and Bellamonte to warn them both. Good sir, suspend your judgment and your anger then. I'll do it. Go back to bed. Oh no, sir. Tis morning now, and I'm up for all day. Oh, this madness is a pretty sort of a pleasant disease when it tickles but in one vein. Why, here's my master now, as great a scholar, as grave and wise a man in all argument and discourses can be met with, yet name but the moon, and he runs into ridicule and grows as mad as the wind. Well, doctor, if thou canst be madder yet, we'll find a medicine that shall cure your fit better than all Galenists. Luckily, I stayed behind long enough to hear the whole exchange and left with enough time to warn my cousins of the plot Scaramouche had laid before the doctor found them out. But, ah, oh, I hear him fast approaching now. I must sneak away without being noticed and trust the ladies know their part. They sign to me and fain they are asleep. Ah, the doctor enters now. I must away to my quarters. Oh, I hope all is well when I wake in the morning. Mm -hmm. You have your lessons. Stand to it bravely and the town's our own, madam. Ah, this gives me mortal fears. Ah, Prince. Ah, Prince. How little faith I give to all your courtship who leaves our orb so soon. Ah, Sechi Orb. But since you are of a celestial race and can easily penetrate into the utmost limits of the thought, why should I fear to tell you of your conquest and thus implore your aid? Ah, Prince Divine, take pity on a mortal and take me with you to the world above. Oh, the moon, the moon, she means. I am transported, overjoyed, and ectoseed. My uncle, come again to interrupt us. Oh, hide nothing from me, my dear oh. Pelamonte, since all already is discovered to me, and more. Oh, why have you waked me from the softest dream that ever maid was blessed with? What? What, my best Ilaria? Methought I entertained a demigod, one of the gay inhabitants of the moon. I'm sure mine was no dream. I waked, I heard, I saw, I spoke, and danced to the music of the spheres. Oh, heaven keep me moderate! Least excess of joy should make my virtue less. There is a wondrous mystery in this. A mighty blessing does attend your fates. Go in and pray to the chaste powers above to give you virtue fit for such rewards. How this agrees with what the learned Cabalist informed me of last night. He said that great Iridonazar, the Emperor of the Moon, was enamored on a fair mortal. It must be so, and neither he descended to court my daughter personally, which for the rareness of the novelty she takes to be a dream, or else what they and I beheld was visionary by way of a sublime intelligence. And possibly, tis only thus, the people of that world converse with mortals. Oh, I must be satisfied in this main point of deep philosophy. I'll do my study, for I cannot rest till I this weighty mystery have discussed. <laughs>